Lowry makes the All-Star game, and Tim McMahon, ESPN, joins the show. Ban McMahon. He's the baddest dude in all the land. Texas blood is thick as mud. He's Ban McMahon. Yeah, he's on the show. It's Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm JP Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, Equal Housing Lender. He did it. The coaches got it right, they voted for him, and he did it. He made the all-star team. Lowry Markkinen is an all-star reserve. If it weren't the case, it would have been a crime. Criminal proceedings would be drawn up against Kenny, Charles, Ernie, and Shaq because he absolutely deserves it. There is no question in my mind it was going to happen. It was expected. Coaches around the league were talking about how Lowry is playing at an all-star level. Jason Kidd said as much last week. And for that, I feel like this Open's going to be side notes. Again, the YouTube show that I do on the Utah Jazz's channel. Yeah, seven-footers are scary. But what a moment for Finland. What a moment for his home country. Because I look at the numbers. Helsinki, stand up. I don't want to butcher any of the other town names, because I've already done that on side notes. But for a place that produces goaltenders and right wings for the Canucks, this is a huge moment to have one of their stars be a basketball player. And you guys wrote out, because... He was in the running for the fan vote, got over a million. That's impressive. That's because of you, because of you and Finland. You getting it done, mobilizing, tweeting, voting every day, you showed support for him to get in this position. And then the Jazz really got behind him. His teammates were tweeting about it. His coach was back at him. And he had that photo shoot of the finisher He was doing everything he needed to do to get out in front of this because of his play. And ultimately, it comes down to his play. Because averaging 24.9 points per game, 8 rebounds, an assist, that's what matters. The promotional stuff, all well and good. But if his play didn't correspond, it wouldn't feel this good for him. And you can tell how much it meant to him last night at the press conference where he was talking about how the organization supported him, how he finally gets this validation of something that he didn't even have written down you know, last year when he's on the Cavs. But as he's playing better, as he plays through the season, it becomes a real thought, something that he can actually do. And it's a goal, and now he can check that off. Because John Schumann over at NBA.com, if you're not listening or reading to his notebook, you're doing yourself a huge disservice learning about the league, learning about the jazz. And he looked at the biggest improvements in box score stats, talking points, steals, blocks, assists, rebounds, regular box score stats, and averages. Who's had the biggest jump from last year to this year? And it's Lowry Markkinen. He has the biggest jump for scoring, 10 points per game. And then when it comes to the other numbers, he's seen the biggest combined effort improvement of anyone in the league. It's him and Trey Jones. And then you want to get nerdy? Per 36, 
Same leader, it's Lowry Markkinen in the base improvements. I think back to when his Finnish national team coach was here, and I asked him, even if he wasn't getting the opportunity at the NBA level, do you see this coming, being his national team coach and having him come back during summers or for camps, seeing the improvement in his skills? He said, yeah, he saw the improvement. And it wasn't through Ozempic. It was through hard work. It was him getting better at defending at the perimeter, handling the ball more, going for the other aspects of his game beyond the ones that we know he's good at. And now that he's ticked off that mark of being an all-star, it's time to seriously look at another goal, most improved. It's him or Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Because he's in rarefied air. What he's doing is special. He's the only player in the league this season averaging over 20 points or more on better than 50% from the field and 40% from the arc. And as of this recording, he's shooting 52% from the field and 43% from three. He's exceeded my expectations, and I'm sure he's exceeded your expectations. And for that, he should be in the running for most improved player. Shout out George Mikan. And shout out Walker Kessler. He made rising stars as well. His campaign manager, one of the chief people pumping Lowry up. If you haven't seen their post-game press conference, they're basically a comedic duo. Jazz, Key, and Peel. But Walker gets his honor. He'll also be there All-Star Weekend. Mike Conley, potentially in skills. And Malik Beasley trying to make his way into the three-point shooting contest. We'll see what the final inclusions are but it's a good representation of the Jazz so far this season. Five stars. Nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. Tim McMahon, Ban McMahon on the podcast, as a chronicler of Jazz history. He was on the podcast during the playoffs last season where things started to look in one direction, and they went that direction. So when he was in town, I wanted to catch up. And he dishes on the trade deadline, and this jazz team. You know him from the Hoop Collective and the wildly popular YouTube show, Howdy Partners. If you're not watching this week, he actually talked about the jazz a lot with Brian Windhorse. So go on ESPN's YouTube and find Howdy Partners. But he's on the pod right now. Ban McMahon on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. When it comes time to move, it's always a hassle. Loading everything in the truck, hoping the priceless antique from your mother doesn't break, and trying to juggle the kids and dog in the middle of it all is enough to drive anyone crazy. But it doesn't have to be that way. The friendly, background-checked movers at Bailey's Moving and Storage have the expertise to move your family across town or even around the world. So when it's time to move, think Bailey's Moving and Storage. Call today at 801-218-2640 or check them out online at baileysallied.com. YouTube show, uh, recorded every Tuesday, we cover the rest of the West and stay away from LA. Much more jazz talk on there this year than honestly I anticipated coming into the season, that's for sure. So why haven't you had a jazz guest? <laughs> I, you've had Skin Wade, you've had Ohm, you've had Kevin Pelton. I have, Kevin Pelton twice. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. We'll see what we have in, in store for the future. Okay, alright, well, you were a chronicler of the last jazz chapter bringing into this year. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear 
what your takeaway from the summer was. We caught up during the playoff series on the podcast. You detailed what would happen if things didn't go well in that series. It didn't. They lost, and Rudy and Donovan are no longer here. Yeah, and you know this is obviously something that wasn't really a surprise. Like last year, the whole season felt like this is probably the end of this chapter in in jazz history. Um, it ended up being not quite a complete uh, roster renovation, but awfully close to it. Um, and you know, I think that you have to really, if you're if you're a jazz fan, be happy and excited about what they got in return. And obviously, the picks were what uh, was kind of dominating the conversation. I think we're kind of seen as the headliners in those deals. Obviously, the Jazz have all kinds of draft capital now, moving forward to use. Uh, down the line, probably in the trade market, use some of those picks yourselves. But uh, the players, I mean, Lowry Markkinen, uh, he's going to be an all-star. I don't think there's any question about that. He absolutely deserves to be. Um, he has uh, taken his game to uh, a different level. I think he also has to be in consideration for most improved player. Um, and, you know, you can pencil him in as a, not just a starter, but as a, uh, you know, as, as a go-to guy for the Jazz for, for a while. And then, you know, Walker Kessler, I, the, I, I think we need to tone down the comparisons to Rudy Gobert, but this is going to be a really good starting center uh, in the league for, you know, 12-plus years. I mean, he, he, he's a guy you can pencil in, I think, to the Jazz starting lineup, you know, potentially for the next dozen years and feel great about that. Uh, he can definitely anchor a defense. Um, he he knows his role offensively and, and, and plays that role well. You know he's uh, obviously there's some room for for development there uh, defensively. You know in today's NBA he's going to have to to work to you know become better on the perimeter. You know it's a it's a switchy league, all those sorts of things. But those two guys in particular, um, man, the great additions. Uh, you know again, especially in trades that really felt like, hey, this is about the picks primarily. And the players came secondary. I don't know where you were on Lowry heading into the year, but I anticipated he would be a high option. I didn't know he could be a number one option like this. And the efficiency, which has stood out for me, the fact that he's getting uh, shots in the flow of the offense. Yeah, you look at guys who are scoring like he is with that kind of efficiency, there's not many in NBA history. I mean, he is in, in rare statistical air. Um and I, you know, coming in, I, I really liked him when he was a rookie, and then obviously it ended up being a disappointing run for him in Chicago. I think last year in Cleveland, he was able to get a little bit more confidence, uh, you know, regain some confidence, and then really blossomed at Eurobasket. Uh, obviously, playing for Finland, he's he's going to be the man for them. He had a phenomenal tournament over there, and I think that definitely has carried over into the season. You know, when, when they pulled off that trade, I was like. You know, I think he's a guy who can be a third or fourth best player on a good team. He's better than that. He's significantly better than that. Um, I think if you're going to be a championship contender, you need to find a way to still get a you know legit quote unquote superstar. Um, but you know this guy right now is, is somewhat top twenty, top twenty five player in the league this season. He's a uh, like I said, 
there's if you plugged him in <laughs> uh, on the roster of the team that's here tonight, the Mavericks, you know, and you, you know if you, you if he's teaming up with a guy like Luca, <laughs> then, then the Mavericks would really be cooking. There, they would kill to have a player like Lowry Markkinen. Would be quite the swap if it was Christian Wood or Lowry Markkinen. You put Lowry Markkinen in that spot. Yeah, I, I, Edge Edge Lowry. I, I think the Mavericks would pounce on that, and I think Danny Ainge would hang up and say some words that you didn't know were in, uh, you know. A Mormon man's vocabulary. Did you expect this out of Walker Kessler? How, how is a big stepping into a role and actually being functional? Yeah, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I expected him to be this impactful as a rookie. I think he's definitely uh, a guy who midway through the season would be a, should be on all rookie ballots. He would definitely for me be a first team all rookie selection right now. Um, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I thought he would be this impactful. Um, I do. I did like his potential, you know, as a obviously as, as a rim protector, kind of the old school big who can still fit in today's game. Um, but uh, again, he's a guy who he's got a chance to be really, really good. Uh, you know, I, I think he does have all defensive type of potential. Um, you know, that that should certainly be a, a goal of his. And then, you know, offensively, again, he just knows. Like he knows who he is. He knows, hey, I'm out there to screen, to finish, to, to rebound, uh, you know, to, to generate extra possessions, uh, and and he does that well. I think how good he is ultimately is is going to be based in in large part on does he expand his game offensively to to you know just be a little bit better finisher. Can he, you know, obviously you look at the free throw shooting that can improve. Um, probably a bit too. Uh, too optimistic to think that he can become a Brook Lopez type of, of shooter, but you know you never know. Nobody thought Brook Lopez was going to become a Brook Lopez type of shooter, uh, able to space the floor and you know uh, shut down the paint on the other end. Bruce Pearl said that he was shooting threes in high school. He is a college coach. He's trying to sell his guy, but he did say that. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I trust Bruce Pearl. He looks more like Jesse Gemstone than a college <laughs> basketball coach. Ochai the other rookie that they got from Cleveland, another uh, lottery-ish type of uh, mm-hmm. talent, uh, his inclusion in the rotation as of late, what have you made of his adaptation to getting real NBA minutes beyond just playing on the G League squad? Yeah, and they're excited about him too. Um, you know, Norm Powell is a is a comp that, that I've heard for him as far as the kind of player he can develop into. And so not just a 3 and D guy, but a guy who creates a little bit off the dribble um, you know, can can uh, can score um, in, in in ways other than just catch and shoot. Um, and you know, when you talk to to people about the Jazz, you talk to you know executives and pro scouts, people whose job it is to really be on top of the trade market. They'll, they'll tell you there's three guys the Jazz won't talk about, and we've talked about those three. Now let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz.
what is the optionality for Justin Zanuck and Danny Age as this has got to have gone better than anyone would have imagined that it could have gone post losing two all-stars and losing a scorer like Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, another starter. They're hovering around 500 right in the playing race. Mm-hmm. What is the challenge as they head to the deadline on February 9th? Yeah, well, what are I would say what are the opportunities? And there's a void of sellers, right? And the Jazz are positioned to potentially fill that void. Now, they're not just going to make trades in pursuit of lottery ping pong balls. That's absolutely not happening. I think there's you know that that's not what they want to do and i think there's you know a a level of respect for the 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 guys in the locker room and the coaches for how competitive that they've been this year but having said that if there's a trade that makes sense for them in the big picture you know it makes sense for them three years down the line that might be a little step back now if there's value there i don't think they're going to to hesitate and again it's it's a pretty sweet spot where you don't necessarily have to do anything, but you have a chance to. You know, there, there is a void uh, of sellers. And I also wouldn't totally rule out them making a deal for, uh, a, a, you know, that would actually make them better this season. Um, now, it would have to be a guy for a guy who they anticipate, you know, probably on a longer-term deal if they anticipate being here for a while. Um, again, I think everything's going to be uh, based on – how does this help us down the road? But there might be there might be a, a deal that does both. Who are the sellers? Because that's, that's the question. thing you you see the trade market right now, and you notice there aren't many teams that think of themselves as out of the race for the playoffs or the plan. I guess this is how Adam Silver wanted it to go, where everybody's playing competitive games, but a lot of buyers and not a lot of sellers right now. I know two things about the Western Conference. Good teams are Denver and Memphis, mm-hmm. and then the bad teams are Houston, San Antonio. Right. Beyond that, everybody's in the muddle. Yeah, and and I don't know that there are a lot of sellers. Like I said, I think there's a void, and the two teams that can I think can fill that void potentially. Uh, but like some teams, like the Rockets, they don't really have players. Yeah, you know, like Evan Eric Gordon. I don't know that there's a lot of players on the Rockets that people are trying to get. Um, you know, that aren't young guys that are obviously not not going to be shot by Houston. Um, but the Raptors and the Jazz are the two teams, I think, that can really you know, potentially seize a, a, an opportunity because there's not a lot of obvious sellers. You know, obviously teams like Charlotte, uh, San Antonio. Um, but it's not like there's, you know, it, it's definitely a seller's market for sure. Looking at the team that you're covering tonight as this is ahead of Jazz and Mavericks, what have you made of this season so far as the burden has got even heavier on Luka as they see Jalen Brunson head out the door? It's been tough. Um, their defense, which a huge part of their success last season was getting that defense to uh, shoot up to number seven in the defensive efficiency rankings. You know, they're down in the bottom five now. What's been different? Because that was the surprise last <clears throat> year was that they were finally playing defense, and then you have Luka and Jalen Brunson giving you a, a top 10 offense. Yeah. What happened defensively? Well, Maxi Kleber's injury has really hurt. He's kind of the guy that, you know, ties everything together for them defensively. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green, you know, they, they've got four-plus defenders on the roster. Those three guys that I just mentioned and Reggie Bullock. Finney Smith and Josh Green also missed a big stretch of time. And then, you know, I th- like Jalen Brunson is not 
a a plus defender, but I think they they you know there's was less of a burden on Luca when Brunson was on the roster. I think that has taken a toll on the on the other end of the floor, and I think Brunson was just such an important part of their culture. I think losing him really really hurt their culture. And then look, Christian Wood is a very very good scorer. He is not a good defensive player, and if he's playing a lot of minutes for you, especially without Maxi Kleber early in the season, they kind of tie those guys together to protect Wood defensively. If Wood's your lone big, you might outscore teams, but you're going to have to score a whole lot of points to do that. Is this a sneaky Zach Levine candidate team? I know that there are some people there who like Levine. Um, The more that I've kind of poked around, I think the more – I I think the – prevailing opinion is that it that would be too big of a risk given the cost right but they'd have to put together a package of players and picks they're also handcuffed right now with picks because they still owe one this year to the Knicks for uh, to complete the Porzingis deal which oof that's tough um and then Levine like you're not getting better defensively bringing in Zach Levine um he's not the most durable guy in the world uh, at some point, they're going to have to get a legit number two guy, and I'm, I'm not saying you know never say never on Levine, but I, I think that uh, it would probably be a little bit too rich given all the risks. What are you seeing from that top of the Western Conference? Is this a situation where Denver could really break through and, and take uh, the Western Conference, or do you believe in the rest of? Of the West, I think Denver's definitely has a chance. Um, you know, Jokic is obviously amazing. It, Jamal Murray's getting better as the season progresses. Aaron Gordon is, you know, at least earned All Star consideration with the the way that you know, all the impact that he's made. Even though his stats don't necessarily jump off the page, I uh, really like bringing in Bruce Brown, Kentavious Caldwell Pope. They're the favorites. Um, I don't. I wouldn't take Denver over the field necessarily. Okay. You know, uh, the Grizzlies are going to have a chance. They are positioned to, if they want to be aggressive before the trade deadline, they can be. They have all of their picks, plus uh, the Warriors pick, not in this draft, but in, in 2024. Um, you know, a lot of young players, expiring salaries. Like, if they want to be aggressive, they can. Um, they're definitely contenders. And, and, like, you can't rule out the Warriors. I mean, I know you got to scroll down to find them in the standings, but – you know, the old Rudy Tomjanovich quote, never underestimate the heart of a champion. Well, you definitely don't under, underestimate a, a dynasty. I, they won it last year. They've won four. Like, if those guys are healthy, I don't think anyone's going to be necessarily excited to see them in the playoffs. It's funny you say that because I heard you in a in a montage in Steph Curry's new documentary. Oh, really? Un, underrated, where you were doubting the Warriors last year. That was uh, fine. Yeah. They, they, earned, they earned doubt. Uh, that's interesting. You are. <laughs> I didn't realize. That. I am breaking that for you right now. I was going to break it later on the podcast, but I watched it at Sundance. Obviously, the big mm-hmm. film festival here in Salt Lake. I caught Steph Curry's new um, documentary. It's about his run in Davidson, and then they parallel it with oh, the run that the Warriors are on last year as he's coming back after a, a season where they were bounced out of the play-in, and you, along with. Tim Bontemps, and there's another name. Wendy. It's a local guy in in San Francisco, Bonte Hill. 
was also huh. in, in the doubt montage Uh-oh. about the Warriors. Well, that was, so I learned my lesson. Yeah. So when when you catch it on Apple Plus, make sure to okay. To I'll, key I'm in. definitely gonna have to check that out. Wow. You are a doubter. They of, proved me wrong. Steph Curry. What do you make of this year for them? Because they have some optionality with James Wiseman. As yeah. there are some teams that I don't haven't I, given up on him. I think that would be tough. I'm not. I'm not saying it won't happen. But man, to sell low on a number two overall pick. But at the same time, like, hey, they're trying to win champion, you know, trying to add to their championship trophy collection. He's not going to help. I don't know that he's ever going to help them do it. Definitely is not going to be this season. You know, uh, you just mentioned Bontemps. One of the one of the deals that he threw out there, just uh, just spitballing, was like, hey, uh, would you do James Wiseman for Kelly Olynyk? You know, Olynyk's a guy who would fit in off the well. Now this was. A while back, I think Walker Kessler has played so well to where I don't I don't know if that deal makes sense for the Jazz anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you have your starting center for a, a long, long time. But you know, my point is if they if they can get like a quality vet who's going to plug in and 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 be able to give them like you know twenty five good minutes per game and, and contribute to. What they hope is a title defense, I, they have to consider it. I just I don't know that they're going to be able to get good value for Wiseman at this point. I feel bad for him because putting yourself in that championship contending window and you're a rookie, I don't know if Walker Kessler would have the same success that he's had with this team if he was planted on the Celtics right now. It's difficult, especially the way that the Warriors play. Yeah, I, I say this. I think that it's a tough fit in the system that you know he's clearly – uh, not advanced enough from the mental aspect to do what they do well. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, you know, you're playing with Draymond, one of the say what you want, like one of the great basketball minds in the league, and you know, it's 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 tough. Like Draymond and those guys probably aren't the most patient dudes in the world. What's going on in Phoenix? Well, I think we've seen pretty clearly how important Devin Booker is to that team, and obviously, there's been a lot of messy. Uh, messiness from you know we can talk about the owner we can talk about uh, the situation with DeAndre Ayton and you know kind of the all right I guess we're going to stay together you know that, that whole thing this summer uh, the Jay Crowder you know just okay hey go hang out at home we'll send you checks like the fact that they don't have a rotation player out there just sitting at home it's crazy it's tough yeah and then and then uh, and then Chris Paul. Um, you know, he looks his age. Yeah. So, but, you know, I don't, I don't include the Suns among the contenders in the West. Plug Howdy Partners one last time. Howdy Partners, you find it every Tuesday evening on the ESPN NBA channel on YouTube. Tim McMahon, ESPN, on Round Ball Roundup on UtahJazz.com. Tim, thank you so much. Adios, amigos. Bye.